Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to the Sense, Sex, and Spirit podcast. I'm your host, Amy, and this is episode two of Sense, Sex, and Spirit. Yay! Um, thank you everyone who listened to episode one and sent me DMs and messages about how you enjoyed it and how you could relate to it. Uh, I'm really feeling a lot of momentum and just motivation to keep on doing this. And this is so huge for me. So thank you to anyone who's listening and decides to share their thoughts with me. I really appreciate it deeply, deeply. Uh, so I want to just dive right into episode two and I wanted to formally introduce you guys to sense, sex and spirit, what it is. It's I'm building a brand obviously, but it's really like a way of life. It's how I live my life after so many kind of disempowering moments in my life, times where I feel like I gave away my power or I felt like I didn't really understand what I wanted for me. And so I was going along with someone else's influence or how someone wanted things and how I just lost out on so many moments to feel powerful, to feel confident, to really get exactly what I want out of a intimate situation. And, and sense, sex and spirit isn't something that is only applied to romantic relationships or sexual relationships. This is something that absolutely can be applied to your life, your family life, your friendship, even at work. And obviously we're going to take the sex out of it. Right. But when you feel a deep sense, when you feel like, yeah, a deep sense of just self-esteem, confidence, reassurance in yourself to follow through with the things that you want to set boundaries, to speak up for yourself. These things lift your spirit, your senses. You become more aware of the things that the sounds you like to hear, don't want to hear the things you like to smell, don't want to smell the things that you, you know, that you like to touch and don't want to touch. And all those things help improve your life. And that's something that I briefly spoke about on episode one is that sex education really helps you carve out like the kind of life you want to have, even if it has nothing to do with sex. Uh, but sense, sex and spirit is really talking about, okay, once we find out just the basics, right. Of, of what sex is, what relationships are, let's really dive deeper into what makes us feel good? What brings us pleasure? What brings us satisfaction? What makes us feel exhilarated? What makes us feel euphoric and elated and just excited and nervous in a good way and butterflies and just something that makes you feel alive, that makes you feel the very opposite uh, the very opposite feeling of you sitting in that little cubicle or wherever you sit or wherever you are that you're just doing because you have to survive, right? We all do things that, you know, we just push through in our lives. We do things we have to do to survive in this world that we've created. But, you know, a lot of the times if you've had moments where you've felt like superhuman, you felt like things were in such alignment and the synchronicity of everything just made you feel like so alive and made you feel that like something else had control. Like you couldn't have possibly cultivated this moment, just you, right? There were just certain pieces to the puzzle that came together and now you feel so alive and electric and 
that's what sense, sex, and spirit is. Really diving into those things that make you feel that way. And also being able, able to challenge the things that you say you don't like. Or challenge the things that you say you do like. You know, and finding out what what part of the spectrum you're on. And being okay with you changing your mind. All of that. That's what sense, sex, and spirit is. Uh, obviously, as a brand, it's kind of telling me what it is in a sense. I'm not so, I'm not so pressured. Uh, I don't feel pressured to like define it and and put it in a box because it's really a reflection of me and how I live my life. And I've had to live my life and not be a sensual person for a while, be hiding and not doing any of the things that I just spoke about. You know what I'm saying? Hiding, not doing things and now trying to come out and express myself, my best self and really pour into me. Now it's like I'm getting in my bag and and almost this sense, sex and spirit is almost showing me how. (laughs) So I just wanted to talk about in this episode, like how it came to be and just what sense what sensuality is, what sexuality is, what spirituality is, and how you could really bring it into your life. How, you know, let's talk about how we can decide what it is and what presence it has in our lives and what it actually can do for us and those around us that we love and we care about. Uh, so it brings me back just thinking about all these things and, and where, I don't know. I was just thinking about sense, sex and spirit and really where the idea came from. And I, this idea is kind of like recent. I would say in the, I honestly don't remember the first time I thought about sense, sex and spirit. I'm, I'm sure it's somewhere in my journal, but I have a bunch of them and I didn't want to dig it up. <laughs> but this memory just like shot in my head. So I'm going to talk about it. Uh, 2008, I was a sophomore in college and Neo, which is a writer turned, uh, turned, you know, artist came out with Miss Independent, Miss Independent. She got her own thing. That song, maybe the millennials haven't heard of it. Oh God, listen to Neo. But if you have heard of it, Miss Independent came out. And there were so many conversations around this song. It was just a big song and so many conversations were sparked uh, from this song. And I just remember it being a time where like a lot of statistics were coming out about women being the, being the, you know, number one group that was like attending college and we were just killing it in the professional game, you know, uh, we were just, you know, being the top of our industries, uh, you know, getting promotions, going to college, graduating, getting these jobs, like women were doing it. And we really felt it, it was just funny how like it was just a time and culture where I kind of saw this change of like where this you know, women being independent thing kind of really started. And this song was such a moment in time. It like encapsulated what the time was. And so Neil was singing about how he loved this, he, you know, he, he, he loved his chick because she was independent. She had her own thing. She had her own money, her own car, you know, and she didn't really need him. She just wanted him. And yeah, so it was an, a very empowering song. And, uh, there were many conversations around this song, uh, you know, obviously we know that 
being independent means that you can stand on your own two feet. You don't need someone, uh, to, you know, give you the things that you need. And so you have options and you can choose the things that you want, choose where you want to be, choose the car you want to drive, choose the people you interact with, because you might be making a certain amount of money, or you might be a leader in a certain aspect and have options, right? So, you know, that's what makes you independent, not needing, people and, and things, you know, uh, to help you decide how you want to live your life. So many conversations around that, but then we started having conversations around how an independent, what kind of sex does an independent woman have? And this is where shit got interesting, right? Things got interesting when it came to the sex, the type of sex an independent woman has, because, the reason why there was a, even a song being sung about an independent woman was because independence in woman wasn't a thing, was kind of like a rarity, right? We were always trying to catch up to men and, you know, the 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 wage gap and all these things that are still, still exist today, still exist today in 2022. And I'm talking about 2008, like, that's crazy, right? But yeah, uh, what kind of sex an independent woman has? And and the fact that this was even a conversation, right? Because we're not thinking about what kind of sex an independent man has because we're thinking an independent man and or, or a man who's well-established and has a lot of money is probably having the same type of sex that a broke man is having, which is, you know, having sex with whoever he pleases you know, cheating on his wife, cheating on his girl, you know, because that's the stereotype, right? That men have sex with multiple women at a time, whether they're in a monogamous relationship or not. And so I, the, the conversation was independent women have sex like men have sex. And I'm putting my air quotations because not all men have sex like this, but it is a stereotype. A lot of us can actually attest to the fact that we know People, people, but we're talking about this particular topic, right? So we know men that, you know, sleep with multiple women, whether they're in a relationship or not, kind of detached, emotionless, just physical sex, just getting it out, right? And it started to become a question. It started to become a conversation. What kind of sex does an independent woman have? And we settled on the fact that independent women have sex like a man has sex, where she disposes she easily disposes of men you know she because she's independent and she doesn't need a man she can now choose to you know make make love to him or have sex with him and then just throw him away the next day get up in the morning before he gets up you know that typical visual (laughs) that we can picture right like kind of ghosting somebody and just being like you know I just used your body I just used you for the thing that I wanted to use you and boom and I just remember thinking like hmm that just didn't sit right with me. Even though I started to feel, you know, somewhat independent, there were things about me that weren't independent around that time. You know, I was still, you know, I just got into adulthood. So a lot of us were being supported by, you know, the guardians, our parents in our life and mentors and whatnot. But, uh, you know, aspiring to be an independent woman, this just didn't sit right with me because I have personally never really viewed sex like that, where it's like, oh, I feel a feeling and I want to let it out on you. And I want to get 
off on you and use you for this. And I was never okay for, um, I was never okay with someone using me for that. Now, many people might, you know, have sex in this way, but it just didn't sit right with me. It just wasn't sitting right with me. So I was like, what is that? Like, does this not make me an independent woman? You know, and when the culture decides that this thing is a thing, when they do, when they start to define it, it's almost like, you know, when you're young, you just go with it. And if you don't know any better, if there's nobody in your life to really remind you, hey, like, pave your own path. Like, you don't have to do what everyone else is doing. A lot of times you can get lost in whatever culture is doing. So I feel that uh, I started to kind of think like, okay, that is what an independent woman does. She has sex without feelings. She, you know, uses men and, or uses whoever she decides to, you know, be sexual with and she ghosts them. She doesn't need them. She's on to the next, you know, then she's, she, you know, she might be in Brazil with him and then in Italy with her. It is what it is. Right. So I started to think that, but it just didn't sit right with me. And I just knew that I did not like the thought of using people. And I just never put that much value into sex to the point where I felt like I needed to use somebody. And isn't it interesting that as we're discussing what an independent woman does, we equate it to what a man does. Like there was a lot of tit for tat. Like women were trying, instead of thinking about what we truly wanted, it was almost like we were trying to get back at men and do the things like do what men do, but do it better. You know, be grimier, be more ruthless. And <laughs> I thought that was so interesting that our view of what was independent or what the ultimate freedom in our sexuality was to have sex with no attachments or emotions or like men do as opposed to defining it for ourselves so I found that to be really interesting uh when well actually now thinking about it because I wasn't thinking like that back then you know I was I was in the I was in the tornado of thoughts I was in the you know I was in it I wasn't looking at it from you know like 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 a falcon eye. I was just looking at it for, you know, me being that age and being in the culture and, you know, uh, having all these influences and stuff like that. And so, yeah, all I know was that it didn't sit right with me. I don't think ghosting is cute. I'm really someone who needs the closure and kind of needs to be like, yo, I don't fuck with you no more. Or, hey, I want to, like, I'll tell somebody. I'm very blunt. Like, I want to say, hey, I like you. I want to keep doing this. Or, hey, I don't like you. Don't call me again. Like, I'm one of those. If I ghost you, it's literally because there was just some fugazi stuff going on and I couldn't, there was nothing left to say, you know? So, But yeah, I, I felt for a while that I was weird for not wanting what other people wanted, or I was weird for not doing it like other people were doing it. And I felt like I needed to train myself to have sex with no emotions. And it's not that I went into a training mode because I, it's not, you know, I don't find, I don't find, uh, anonymous sex sexy I know some people do but you know I'm I'm kind of more like stranger danger I like to know the people <laughs> that I'm being involved with uh even if it doesn't become sexual I just like to know people you know I feel weird if I don't know your last name or where you live you know what I mean I feel 
weird, you know, giving you the good stuff and then I can't even call you if my tire blows out. Like that just feels weird to me. But these are the questions that I started asking myself all because of Miss Independent. I started asking myself, it was just this whole world just opened up like, damn, like, well, I can't have sex like that. So how do I need, how should I be having sex? Like, it's crazy. And, and if I'm not in love with somebody, should I even be having sex? It was just, I was very confused. Okay. And there was, I didn't feel I had the resources at the time or any people to really actually have these conversations with, you know, I just kept having conversations with people my age who were having the same questions. So we were all trying to figure it out and everyone had different ways of how they did things. And so, uh, yeah, it was a weird time. So <laughs> I knew I had to figure out what worked for me, but I didn't feel confident enough to explore it until, until I heard this Ted talk. And obviously this was like years later. So, uh, while all this, you know, conversations was going on, I feel like I was just putting myself in situations that I really didn't want to be in. And once I was there, I was like, damn, it's too late. Like I can't back out now. And, uh, that's where I feel like I lost a lot of my power, uh, and a lot of like my confidence and my self-esteem is, you know, being around people, even friends that just weren't just, they weren't doing it for me. You know what I mean? And they, and I, I had no sense of what I really wanted. But years later, I heard this TED talk and it was from a sexuality educator. And she had explained that one of her clients wanted advice on how she could make herself open up and have sex with a guy she was dating. Uh, he wanted to have sex with her, but every time they would try, she would tense up and get nervous. Like her body would lock up, like physically lock up and she couldn't bring herself to like, you know, get into the groove of them having sex or making love. And so uh, she, she mentioned that she liked him. She liked his personality, but her body wasn't responding. And she wanted the sex educator to, to tell her what she could do to become more open, what she could do to not feel like this. And the sex educator was like, why are you trying to do that? Why, why should I give you advice on uh, something to open up your body when your body's clearly telling you not to open up? And that blew my mind. Uh, she offered a refreshing perspective, a refreshing perspective. I've never heard uh, that maybe her body was trying to tell her something. Maybe she wasn't supposed to open up or get more comfortable. You know, she told her to listen to her body and that it may not be time for sex with this individual or the time may never come. She told her client not to read too much into it and to do what her body tells her to do. And the reason for that may come up later. You know, you just kind of have to go through the process with your body. And like, you may not understand why your body or, you know, why your heart or your soul might be telling you something, but like in time, you'll start to, you know, your mind will start to break it down and you'll start to understand why a decision was almost made for you. Right. Cause it's like, Yo, she, her brain is telling her like, yeah, this is a good dude. You feel comfortable. You know, he, you like him. But then your body's like, no. And your coochie is like, no. <laughs> you know, your vulva is not pulsating. Your vulva is clearly telling you that mm, this ain't the time for that. And as opposed to opening, 
opening yourself up, you should probably listen, listen to your body. And I just, it was the first time I ever heard someone in the profession, in the, you know, sex ed, in the professional realm, speak about intuition, speak about body language, you know, cause a lot of, a lot of the training that I've had and the courses that I've taken have been kind of more around the facts right? The facts, what we, what we for sure know about sex. And a lot of that can be like STDs and, you know, what's a healthy relationship and what's not a healthy relationship and, you know, how to do this particular sex move and, you know, just the facts on things. But this is the first time I actually heard a little bit of intuition, spirit, guidance, you know, that gut feeling being brought into the decision making, right? um, when it comes to choosing a partner and I'm like, Whoa, I've never actually ever heard anyone in my life say, Hey, listen to your body. I think maybe, maybe if you grew up playing sports, you'll hear it there, right? You'll hear it there because if you have muscle spasms, you know, your muscles tightening or, or, you know, something, something happening with your body can, can, uh, make you, not, not, you can perform, you, you won't be able to perform your best. Um, you won't be able to do certain things. You might actually really end up hurting yourself more. So it's important to know your body and to kind of speak on it, tell your coach, you know, tell your physical trainer, all of that. But when it comes to sex or any other physical things, I wasn't hearing that. And I thought that was so interesting. And it made me feel like, oh, wait, maybe this is, this is what it is. This is, this is the light bulb. Like, this is why this independent woman and having sex without emotions, um, isn't clicking for me. And, uh, I really, I really like that. I've never heard someone say that. And so this just put me on a course, um, to flow with my intuition instead of against it, despite what's going on with popular culture. Um, and it let me know that there was so much more than just feeling horny and acting on that right? Like, it's just not that simple, at least not for some of us. And so if you're someone who's hearing this and you feel like, oh my God, I'm speaking to you, or you can relate, you know, this is how sense, sex and spirit came to be for me because I'm just not, you know, like I said, like I said before, I, I stranger danger. I don't like, I don't care how pretty you are. That is not something that's going to turn me on or how well you dance or who you are. It's just, it's, it's more than that. I have to feel safe. And that's what it all trickled down to. After I've kind of like really deciphered these thoughts and, and went through my mind and pressed through kind of like, you know, the shame of maybe past decisions and all this stuff, I really settled on the fact that I could never follow through with sleeping with a stranger or just sleeping with someone because I was horny or just having sex with someone just to like, like using their body and stuff like that, because I felt there was some type of level of unsafety, um, in different ways when it comes to those situations for me, those things don't, didn't excite me. And so I was trying to figure out what did excite me, excite me and find, like be comfortable with the fact that it did excite me. (laughs) 
So, um, yeah, I don't know about anyone else, but I really ever felt like my head, heart and my body were in the same place during sex. It seemed like I was never 100 percent sure whether to participate. And I was often left feeling confused and unsatisfied. So let me ask you a question. Let me ask you all a question. When was the last time your mind, body and soul were in bed with you? When was the last time your mind, body, and soul were in bed with you and your lover? When was the last time you had a trifecta of like, your mind is like, yes, this, your mind is like, you, you just surprised. You're just like, oh, you're, you're in heaven in your head. Your soul is feeling like, man, it's coasting. There's no alarm. There's no red flags going off. You feel safe. You feel comfortable. And your body is open, it's warm, it's tingling, it wants more. When's the last time you had all those three aligned? Let me know. Let me know. DM me in the comments. Let me know. Talk talk back to me. Write me a letter. I don't know. Send me an email. I really need to know because that was one thing I think I was yearning for. I just didn't know how to put it into words. As an adult, I know now, but then it was one thing I was yearning for. Like I kind of just want that al- that alignment in those three things. And I didn't really know how to get it. And I was kind of like looking to other people to give me something, but I couldn't really tell what that something was. It just wasn't present in these moments. Um, and that left me just thinking about that. So I finally settled on the fact that, you know, I needed to feel safe. There was like this, there was just this safety aspect that was missing in a lot of like, uh, my sensual sexual interactions. And once I heard more stories from my girls and even my guy friends, I just realized like, "Mm, it's just a lot of risky behavior, like, (laughs) like left and right. And, and when you're, when you're young and you're like, the hormones are going crazy. You don't really think a lot of things through. Uh, but I know now as a woman that I need to feel safe before engaging in any sexual and sensual act. Truly, I need to just feel safe in general. I want to feel safe in the world. And we can. I could turn on the TV. I can go outside. It's just like not the safest place for women and children you know, we just keep hearing stories all day and I don't want to get into that stuff, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Like, it's just, it just feels like the world is not a safe space. And so if I'm deciding to unwind in this way, in a sexual way, I need it to be a safe space because when you're having sex or when you're, when you're creating a sensual environment, like a lot of things can happen. A lot of awkward things, uncomfortable things, things that surprise you, things that you've never felt before. You've never done before. You've never seen before can happen. And if you don't feel safe, your reaction, like how someone handles your reaction, how someone handles your body and your mind while you're going through these things and how someone can like make you feel in your spirit is important is really important. And if you're someone who really feels it on that deep level, then you're going to need to feel safe in order to, you know, continue with this type of act. And sometimes you might feel safe and still decide like, you know what, this still ain't for me, but the safety, the safety in the act, the safety that you're experiencing with this person or with these people, um, really is the thing that makes you feel comfortable enough to speak up and say no and say yes. And I just remember not feeling safe, feeling awkward, feeling like 
feeling pressured, feeling even coerced at times that I couldn't say no or that I couldn't really laugh when I wanted to laugh or cry when I wanted to cry or really feel pleasure and let that be known. It's so crazy, y'all. Like this, this stuff really is deep. And so I, you know, if you want intimacy and vulnerability, then feeling safe and making someone feel safe is the groundwork to that. Safety can look like so many different things. And so for me, it means that my soul is at ease and it feels grounded. So there's no like red flags going off and stuff like that. And this is where my spirit thrives, right? When I feel safe. And this is why even if, if anyone knows about chakras, you know, when you're doing um, chakra work, and you're working with that base chakra or that red chakra, right? That's at the, basically the root of your like uterus, like in that area, your genital area. Um, a lot of the times, a lot of the informations have to deal, do with safety, with you feeling safe on earth, safe where you're at, safe in your environment, safe around the people that you're with. And it's so funny that that's where it starts there. And that's where your genitals are. That's like the base of your spine. And that's where you start to tell yourself, like, I'm safe on earth, earth. I'm safe around these people. Like I'm protected. I'm covered. Um, And so I started to understand that I wanted my spirit to be present. I didn't want to have emotionless sex. I didn't want to be ghosted and I didn't want to ghost anybody. Even if I had agreed with someone to just have, even if I had agreed with someone to just have something that was just based around sex, I would still want it to be a level of intimacy and communication with this person that we can still like cultivate that type of environment. And, um, and still get the, get what we needed, but it would still be a safe environment. Like I said, like I could call this person if I was like, you know, in a hard space and I needed, I needed someone and I could call them and be like, yo, like my car broke down. Like, can you come scoop me? And they'll be like, yeah, no problem. You know? Cause I'm a friend too. Like, so anyway, that might be too good to be true. I've never, uh, confession, I've never had a sex buddy before. <laughs> I, so I really don't know how realistic that is. I know that someone out there has to have something that is healthy, even if it's, even if it's, you know, doesn't last for a long time. But, you know, that's just a confession. I, ne- I never had a sex buddy. I I hear a lot of them. Just, just All I hear is bad stories. But if there's bad stories, there's good ones. Send me some good ones. If y'all got some good uh, friends with benefits stories, I need to know. I need to know what the secret is. Um, Anyway, safety in a sexual setting um, can look like many things. So I'm going to list what I think it looks like for me. You might add some things to this list. Let me know what you think should be added to this list. But I think that safety in sexual settings can look like slow and gradual increase in assertiveness, right? So someone is just not, you know, rough with you the whole time. It's like they know when to apply pressure they know when to be assertive and aggressive and when to be gentle and graceful you know um locking eyes often so someone who's not afraid to look at you right because I've literally heard stories of like male friends like like they don't kiss when they're like having sex with some women they don't kiss them or like you know they don't even really look at them and and I, I I like put myself in those positions like damn like what if I was like sleeping with somebody and they were just, they weren't looking at me. 
they never like I kept trying to catch their eye and they weren't looking at me at all. Like that would make me feel unsafe. That would be super weirdo energy. Like that would bring my whole thing down. So yeah, eye contact often, uh, consent before, during, and after sex, which means like constant check-ins, questions on how you're feeling in the moment, listening to body language and anticipating um, like the person's reaction to things or anticipating what a person might want or might do. And it just kind of gives you this, this feeling that this person has like this emotional intelligence where they say a lot without using words. And I think that's very sexy and very important. Um, laughter, laughing. Okay. Having a good old laugh when you're in bed with somebody if like, you know, somebody trying to kick your leg open and you end up slapping them with your foot in the head, you know, and being able to giggle and get back to the moment. I think that that's so reassuring. Um, ongoing conversations before, during, and after a sensual sexual experience, right? Because if you're connecting with somebody, you know, you're not going to get everything right that they like. So like talking about, you know, what you liked and what could be improved and how you want something to be done or how great this person did that thing. Or I think that that is like, that's just, ah, that's key. Um, patience and acceptance, feeling comfortable enough to start pause or stop a sexual experience. Um, you feel free to be yourself. It's, like the sex is less performative sex and more authentic sex. And some of y'all might not get that, but you know, some of us really think that like sex is like I told y'all in episode one, I really thought sex was going to be a J smooth video. I thought it was going to be an R and B video. There's going to be a lot of hip rolling, you know, a lot of like candle wax dripping and, um, you know, it, it, it wasn't that. And so, <laughs> you know, you kind of think that like the shadow is going to like hit your body the right way. And like your roles aren't going to show. And you're thinking that you maybe look a a way that you really actually don't look. And, you know, the music is going to come on at the right time. And, you know, that face, I mean, that YouTube ad is, isn't going to play on your playlist, but then it does. And all of a sudden it knocks you out of your like perform your, your performance. So more authentic sex, meaning like, Shit happens when you're having sex. Shit happens when you're having fun, but you're not letting that stop your fun. You know, you're, you're, you're chucking it up to the game. We're human. You know, you're, you're just, it is what it is. Um, and this is when things get good because I feel like, oh no. And I had a last one, um, communicate communications of desires and boundaries. So yeah, communicating like what feels good, what you want, uh, what doesn't feel good, having a safe word, all of that. Um, so yeah, this is when things get good because your spirit, your intuition and your gut and your heart are like at ease. Uh, it's not telling you to run or be scared. It isn't doubtful and you don't feel confused by it. It just creates a healthy environment for anything sensual and sexual, sexual. And now you can create freely with each other's bodies. Like you can just flow and, um, and you create an atmosphere that reflects the type of experience you want to have. And that is what's empowering. Okay. That is when sense, sex, and spirit is in alignment. If you can get this, at least for me, it's like the safety is the foundation of what I want to feel when I'm interacting with someone like that. Because the minute I feel unsafe, I'm 
I'm out the door. I'm dipping. And this is like in different situations. Like say, for example, um, Ooh, I, I was like hanging out with one of my friends and it, it was a long time ago in college, but one of his, like his guy friends kind of pulled up on him and they kind of started to hang out. We were all hanging out. It was like my friends, his friends, whatever. We we're all chilling. And, uh, his friend just started like speaking like really vulgarly about like women's body parts and, and genitalia and all of that. And I just felt just like very awkward. Like you don't even know what's like that. You haven't even created a space for us to feel comfortable talking about sex. And here you are like, and it just feels like someone's exposing you, even if they're not talking about you, it just feel, it's just felt very like disrespectful. And I just bounced. Like my friend was like, where are you going? I was like, I'm out. Like, I I'll tell you later. Like, I'm not about to even address this. I'm just out. And just as easily as I did that in that moment, I want to feel safe enough to do that. If something goes on in the bedroom that doesn't sit right with me and feel like that person is going to be there for like the aftercare, like, all right, like what, what's up? Like, you know, and not, brush it under the rug or make me feel weird or stupid or awkward for stopping something, you know, make, they, they, they validate my reaction. (sighs) Yes. Safety and sex. Who knew that it was more than just condoms and birth control and whatever. I, I remember hearing on a podcast, um, some, some guy was having an orgy and, and, and one of the guy's condoms like wasn't working or popped or something. So he used a wrapper, like a utensil wrapper, you know, those wrappers that you get in the lunch, like when you go to a fast food restaurant and they, it has like the plastic knife, the fork, or sometimes it might have the spoon with the little tissue and it's in that. He used that. Oh my God. I can't even believe that when I heard that, that's the sidebar that just came to my mind. But anyway, Sex is more than just condoms and birth control. It's feeling intuitively safe, spiritually safe. And so you can create all things from that space. Ooh, wow. I feel so satisfied by everything that I just said (laughs) right now that I'm really feeling a strong need to break this up into three episodes. And I think that's what I'm going to do. I really, you know, started this and had a whole outline about what, you know, sense, sex and spirit is and was trying to give you guys that in like 30 minutes and trying to fit it all in. But that's not how I am. That's not how I talk y'all. And you guys are going to see that, you know, if you really follow me and are enjoying this. So we're going to break this up. We're going to call, we're going to leave this episode on what, feel safe in the bedroom and how to cultivate that. We're going to leave that right here. I think that that was so sweet. I feel like I just learned something new in talking about that too. And it just felt so good that I feel like I should leave it there. Uh, and so you can expect that the next two episodes will, I'll be breaking down sensuality and sexuality. So we're just going to call this like the spirituality part of sense, sex and spirit. And, uh, you know, and you know, what I took away from it was that feeling safe is something that your spirit needs in order to thrive 
in this world. Like you need to feel like your body is safe. What, you know, your thoughts are safe. Thoughts are safe with you are safe with the people that you share them with. And that, uh, that, you know, your body, mind, and soul just feel kind of grounded and protected. And especially in such a vulnerable state that is sex, you know, when you're receiving pleasure when you're not receiving pleasure how it can feel and just making somebody feel good about whatever they decide to do in that moment for themselves and I feel like that's so encouraging and so empowering so uh yeah when was the last time you guys felt safe in the bedroom and have you guys had that trifecta like when was the last time your mind body and spirit was in the room with you I challenge you to write it about it and uh yeah Let me know what you think. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you and hope to see you soon. Bye-bye.